Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta, over there across from you. Uh, over there across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well this week. Um, we we had a bit of an off week, only one show, but uh, we were pretty busy over the last week, so it's justified. I promise. Yes, for sure. Um, again, you know, you'll probably know a, a little bit more in depth of, of what exactly we were doing. I was going to say, I don't know if we want to get into it or not, but I think we could save it. Um, I mean, I guess, but I, I don't know. I feel like maybe just out of context, we can just say we presented at Saber. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. That works. Maybe not the, we won't, we won't talk about what we talked about. It wasn't anything, uh. You know, not a crazy revolutionary new stat, but we talked about a revolutionary guy. We did. <laughs> um, revolutionary man, for sure. Yes, a revolutionary man. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We'll- so, we, uh, we presented at Sabre, uh, Society for American Baseball Research, um, a local chapter, not yeah. like a national. Um, but, yeah, that that happened. 100% did. Yeah, for, yeah, for the... <laughs> Ironically enough, the Rabbit Marinville chapter of uh, <laughs> Society for American Baseball Research in Springfield, Massachusetts. Who could have seen it coming? Who could have seen it? Not me. Not me. <laughs> not me. Not me. Not at all. But we did it. Um, and I don't know. Maybe there's a couple of people listening who attended the conference. Yeah. So thank you for uh, for listening in and uh, thank you for attending and you know appreciating our, our presentation. It did go a little bit long. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we really appreciated, uh, the attentiveness that everyone provided and, and the, the positive feedback. So mm-hmm. thanks, thanks to all of you. Um, but anyway, we have some, some current events to get into. Yes, we do. Um, there were, there were, uh, you know, there, there was some, some controversies in, in the world of baseball, uh, just, you know, they can't escape the Mets, even when they're doing well. Yeah. I mean, the, the Mets always have to stay in the news some way. They have the best record. Do they have the best record in baseball? Yeah. I mean, it's over like 667 because I think they have more wins than. Uh, they have the best record in baseball. 700 winning percentage, 14 and 6 record. Um, yeah. The Mets are rolling. Yeah, they're rolling. They're rolling. Um, A lot of their. Apparently, a lot of their uh, pitches are are hitting people, um, but they're also getting hit. They're also getting hit. It's it's quite an interesting thing. Um, Chris Bassett had a he he had a comment about the baseballs how they're always different. Um, you know, I I think I I haven't delved too deep into it. I can tell you something right now. What is it? Uh, the, do you want to guess the league-wide home run to fly ball ratio right now? Um, I would guess it is. So the average last year was probably, you know, like thir- between thirteen and fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. So this year I'll say eight point five percent. It's at nine point seven percent. Nine point seven percent. Yeah, a little, little. Yeah, your guess was a little uh, low, but like it was pretty still, low. Still, yeah. it's a steps, substantial decrease. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think it's ever been below ten percent since. It definitely has never been below eleven percent since twenty fifteen. I'm trying to find the numbers since like the start of the twenty first century. I'll try uh, since two thousand two because I think that's as far as the data goes back. But anyway, um, yeah, the Mets. Um, Chris Bassett had those comments. The Mets are getting hit by a lot of pitches, and they're also hitting a lot of pitchers or a lot of hitters with their pitches as well. Um, it Let makes me, me it makes me curious as to what the home run to fly ball ratio was through April twenty eighth, 
last year because, mm-hmm. you know, there is, I guess, some argument that there, there can be an argument that, like, uh, you know, there's – shout out to WB Mason yeah, once again sure. making an appearance. Um, there is some argument, I guess, to yeah, – wow potentially the fact that you know it's it's colder the you know it's especially like in the northeast or with no sticky stuff general north it's gonna you know the the balls aren't gonna travel as Mm -hmm. as far as they will in a in a so here's the thing though you know so the mets okay so the mets have 19 hit by pitches obviously leads the league second is the padres a team that does not play in cold weather Uh, yeah i'm trying to think they just went to cincinnati um, where have they been on the road this year? Like, I don't think it's been anywhere cold unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I'm think I'm just thinking about the home runs. The oh, the home runs. Yeah, sure. Home run to fly ball. Is it on the dashboard or? Uh, it's in the splits. Ball? It's in the splits leaderboard. Um, I'll, it'll be yeah, batted ball data. Yeah. Home run to fly ball ratio. Yeah, from it from. At the beginning of the year last year through uh, April 28th, it was, you know, 13.4%. So, obviously, there's it's it, it's not the weather. It's there's not, something different this year. Yeah. Something different about the about the baseballs. Just in a, you know, just being a casual observer, you can kind of notice it as well. Um, just there's, there's some baseballs that look like they're barreled up and they're staying in the park. It's, it's interesting because I feel like, they talked. It was there was more media um, pub publicization. Yeah, uh, last year about DJ Spaceballs last year, but I mean now it's like way more this year. It feels like the the effects are definitely coming in a lot more because well because like last year we also learned at the end of the season that the MLB was using two different baseballs. Yeah. Um, for certain games. Yeah, for sure. Like it was uh. Yeah, that I mean that was very interesting. It was it felt very fraudulent of the of Major League Baseball to do, mm-hmm. and and yeah, it like you know uh, I think it's pretty obvious to say it's a non controversial thing to say is you know you should you should have in Major League Baseball you should have a universal baseball. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, especially imagine being a starting pitcher that's like on a a mid market level team that might be playing in a high profile game and might be playing in a low profile game the next day. Like I'm trying to think. I don't know. What would be a good team to exemplify there? Like Josh Hader. Yeah, like the Brewers, right? Like they like they got a Sunday night baseball game against the Cardinals, but then the next day they're going to the they're going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like obviously one of those is a higher profile game than the other. And the Brewers are kind of a good team where it's like it could kind of mix in and out of uh of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's um it's it's uh it's frustrating you know it's not any you know it's most frustrating to uh the players yeah obviously if it's any sort of consolation strikeouts are also down this year not by a lot they're at their lowest point since 2018 okay um so i mean it's not like it's you know outrageously low but yeah um yeah it's um yeah it's been interesting i i did see there's a thing there wasn't. However, the league OPS is six seventy two. Yeah, there was an article on the Athletic. I wish I could get to it, but my account's been messed up. My account has been messed up as well. I don't know what's been going on for there for a while. Um, I'm gonna unsubscribe and re- resubscribe soon. But it was it preluded to the fact that the baseballs are like pre-tacked now, mm-hmm. or something like that. So for sticky stuff, yeah, that makes sense. Like there should be a universal. Ball, yeah. There, there should be a universal ball, and yeah. I guess they're just figuring things out as they go along. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure the general lockout just it, it contributed to whatever downfall this is because mm-hmm. you know if you think about it, like they probably could have been able to tinker with some things during yeah. the lockout, but literally, like I think all the offices were just closed down for three months. Yep, and they couldn't you know, play with a major league literal baseball um, and figure these things out. So it's possible that it's all being tinkered out now in April in a regular, in regular season baseball, you know, also spring training was Mm -hmm. uh, not as, um, 
not as long as it usually is. Yep. Very interesting. Um, I mean, I'd say, like, I mean, as far as the sticky stuff goes, like, I don't think there are any hitters that are, like, anti, like, pitches using foreign substances. Like, the only example you can maybe point out is Josh Donaldson, but I'd say he was more, like, anti-guys breaking the rules. Yeah, well, like, there's there's also, there also a difference in guys, like, being anti- uh, you know, sunscreen and rosin, and, and guys and being anti spider tech, si- like yeah. scientifically, like spider tech boiled in, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, bomb residue. Like I don't know, just, just uh, you know, crazy stuff. Yeah. So there's a difference in you know something that's gonna rise your R- RPMs by a mm-hmm. hundred versus five hundred. Right. Um, and yeah, like, and and yeah, I think that I think all batters are okay with you know a little something but not not anything that's scientifically just an anomaly um but yeah so you know the the question of baseballs and you know sticky stuff continues we were a little tired of talking about it last year but Mm -hmm. it continues um and yeah it's it's just a matter of consistency with the league um and yeah we haven't haven't seen that yet um, so anyway, uh, I guess, what else should we get into? Um, do, do we want to go more in depth about the Mets? Um, oh yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're hit by pitches. I mean, they yeah. did get into a, I mean, I don't know if you could call it a brawl yesterday. Is a aggressive meeting. Yeah, it wasn't even yesterday, but or, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I wouldn't. Brawl is very, very rare in baseball yeah like there was it's kind of just you know it's the kind of classic like oh guys get out of the bullpen and off the bench and they kind of just stand in a big circle and yell yeah and that's like that's not a brawl yeah brawl is like i think jim rice going into the crowd and punching yankees fans (laughs) i think that's i think that happened once Uh, really there was a baseball malice at the palace uh jim rice fans why does that not get brought up in the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry ever? Um, like, that's way crazier than, like, Jason Veritek versus A-Rod or even, like, Pedro versus Don Zimmer. Recalling that this is a Reddit post, so but it has video to it. Mm-hmm. It says, oh, why is the screen dark now? Um, uh, recalling the time... Jim Rice went into the stands at Yankee Stadium after a fan stole his cap. <laughs> I don't think maybe he didn't punch anybody, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it maybe yeah, maybe it wasn't violent, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he did go he did go into the stands at one point. Wow. But yeah, a brawl, you know, brawls can be like, yeah, 04 04 Red Sox Yankees, you know, with uh Tanyan Sturts <laughs> bleeding out of his ear. I mean, a brawl is like 2016 Rugnet Odor versus Jose Batista. Yes, like that's that's the most modern. That's that's the best modern example. It's not the only one, but yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. Even like the 2018 Red Sox Yankees, that didn't really feel. That wasn't. No. There was like a couple missed punches, and but like the most iconic one has to be uh, Rugnet Odor. Like that was the cleanest hit. Like everyone saw it. It was you know in HD. Yes. Like, you know, there's, that's, there's that perfect slug. Yeah, everyone knows that slow-mo of him landing the perfect right hook. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, that was something. Yes. That was something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a brawl. The Yeah, uh, this this was merely an aggressive meeting on the mound between two two separate teams. Um, and, yeah, I, it seems like, yeah, I, I should look more into the hit by pitch rates i guess i don't know did so that so you said the mets led the league in hit by pitches uh, yeah with 19 no then no they actually their pitching is actually fine with it um they've only hit like seven batters i think but their batters have gotten hit 19 times um yeah so pete alonso has been hit in the face like twice yeah which is like that's insane that 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 ha- like if it happens twice in a season it's crazy period but it happened you know, twice within April. Right, right. And, yeah, if maybe some of it was, like, some type of retaliation at one point. Like, I think in the Philly series there was yeah. a thing. 
But yeah, if the Mets have only hit seven guys, then yeah, it can't be too much re- retaliation. There's only been seven opportunities, yeah. and there's been uh, you know the Mets have been hit seventeen times. Yeah, it it can be. It's odd. It's like you know, weird stories like this. I mean, the the first team you would think about is the Mets. It's like yeah, if an unusual thing happens. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't either. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how much how much else there is to talk about that. Um, I would like to talk about uh, arguably the hottest team in the National League. Uh, that is a different NL East team. It is the Miami Marlins. Ah. Yes. Uh, the the Marlins. Marlins. Uh, they are since – hang on. Let me find the exact date. Since April 14th, um, they have been – or they've gone from – uh, baseball references being slow. They went from being two and f- or from they were one and four to start the season, uh, and since April fourteenth, they went from one and four to ten and eight. So, um, nine, so they've nine won nine. Of, they've won nine of their last thirteen. Yeah, nine of the last thirteen. Um, yeah, pa- Pablo Lopez has been <laughs> incredible. Yes, just uh, yeah. I mean, like yeah, point three nine ERA, one six one FIP. Although I guess like once he allows a home run, that FIP is going to change because it's not like he has crazy strikeout numbers. Nonetheless, uh, doing an amazing job, and Sandy Alcantara doing an amazing job as well. One seven eighty RA with a three three zero FIP. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, the, the the pitching staff in general, bullpen and starters have been doing just incredibly well overall. The, their team ERA plus is three uh, or. His, their team ERA plus is 128. Um, what did what did you have to uh, to take away from this team? Uh, the the thing I take away from this team is you know what you're getting from the pitching staff. Like it's been a talking point for years now that this is a, the rotation of the future. The bullpen has been pretty good. Oddly enough, this season they have a negative uh, they have a negative F four, but they have a 282 ERA. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. They're getting the job done, even if it's not in the prettiest way. Um, but the offense, that's that's the X factor. I hate saying X factor because literally anything can be an X factor. But if the offense goes, this team is going, and that's what's been happening. Uh, people might forget that Jazz Chisholm actually had a, neg- or a uh, less than average weighted runs created plus last year. Um, but he's got off to a hot start this year. 308, 364, uh, 615 for his slash line. 180 weighted runs created plus. Uh, he's only played in 11 games, but he has a .8 F war already. Very good. Uh, new addition, Joey Wendell, uh, who's, he's been awesome. 286 average, 348, 452 for a 139, uh, weighted runs created plus. Um, John Birdie, who's kind of come out of nowhere. Only seven games played, but in those seven games, 308, 526, 615. Uh, that's a 230 weighted runs created plus. Only .4 F war in seven games. That's pretty awesome. Brian Anderson, Garrett Cooper, Jesus Aguilar, Brian De La Cruz. These are all guys that have been popping off this year. The team has uh, one of the best walk rates in baseball. I think that's something that's greatly improved over the last year. Um, When the offense goes, this is what the team is capable of. It's just, you know, I don't know how sustainable it is over 162, but it's happening right now, and it's worth talking about. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, Jazz Chisholm also... uh, He's in the 91st percentile in barrel rate uh, with a 15.8% barrel rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think are his strikeouts decreasing? Uh, maybe maybe not as much uh, as I was thinking earlier, but he's he's hitting the ball hard mm-hmm. and uh, hitting it in a in a solid direction as well. And and yeah, I'm looking for I'm actually looking for the team walk rates and. Where that ranks currently? Um, for well, for since um, since April fourteenth when this streak started, it's eleven percent, uh, which would be fourth in the majors, second in the National League. Yeah, and overall they're they're sixth in the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, not something you expect from an offense that you know doesn't pop off on you know just doesn't pop off name wise, doesn't even you know norm on a normal basis doesn't 
pop off stat wise. You know, this is an offense that could like this might sound weird, but this is an offense that could benefit a little bit from the dead and balls. Like they have a stadium that doesn't play favorable to power hitters. Their team overall doesn't have a lot of power. There are more contact and guys that can you know uh, shoot the gaps. Uh, yeah, like. That could be something where you know they they have to put more of a focus into it, and it yeah, leads leads to better results. Yeah, and if you have yeah, if your pitching staff, um, like their pitching staff is obviously going to benefit from the dead in baseballs, mm-hmm. and it's not going to hurt them as much. So it's a uh, overall, it's a uh, it's a benefit for teams that aren't as power heavy, like yeah. you know the Miami Marlins. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, because of some other teams in the division, this was kind of a team that was written off and, and said, you know, I like I feel like a lot of people's mindset of the Marlins coming into this year was like, we'll see you in 2023. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jesus Lazardo has been a big one. I think you did, I don't really think you mentioned him, but, like, he had a great first start of the season. Uh, yeah. His breakout, he's had an uptick in velocity this year. Um, so he seems to be for real. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's, still, he's still, like, 22 years old, by the way, isn't he? He's 24. 24. Still, he's still really young for how long he's been in the majors. He's extremely young, yeah. yeah. He's a one three two FIP this year with uh, no home runs allowed, so it'll probably spike up once he gives mm-hmm. up a home run. But still, 14.4 strikeouts per nine Yeah, uh, is pretty extraordinary uh, yeah. for, for Mr. Lazaro. Not bad for a guy they gave up a rental for, straight up. Yeah. What a... <laughs> Like I feel it's weird because Starling Marte played out of his mind in Oakland, but yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, like their like position. You could got argue worse. like that trade was bad for the A's, but not because of the return they got. Yeah, like it was bad because of how the rest of the team performed and for the people they gave up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, shout out to the Miami Marlins. We 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 see you. Yeah, we see out there. You know, the Mets have been have been streaking for a little bit, but they're not they're not the only mm-hmm. team in the National League East. I feel like we could probably just go over a couple other teams that are doing well or not doing well that you may not know about. Um, like the Twins have won seven straight. Um, yeah, and also uh, the the Angels are inter- they're always interesting to me. Yes. I feel like they always start off a little well, maybe not in twenty twenty, but I feel like they've always started out. A little better than they end up being, but this year it seems more encouraging. Um, like I don't think they were this good to start last year. Thirteen and seven, uh, one and a half game lead in the AL West. The Astros are only ten and nine. Yeah, uh, I, the A's are ten and nine. By the way, well this this uh, oh that's funny. The the Rangers are six and thirteen, but but the um, the the idea of like. You know, are the Angels real or not? It was inspired from Jeff Passan had a tweet a couple uh, a couple days ago. Every yeah. once in a while, he'll he'll kind of have some sort of take, and you know, sometimes he said that Jeremy Pena was better than Carlos Correa four days early <laughs> or two days early. Sorry. Yeah, shout out to shout out to you for having that that prediction. <laughs> that prediction. It worked out. Very perfectly. I mean, all that all that has to happen now is Jeremy Payne has to come back down to earth, and Correa has to become Correa again, and then we can safely say that it worked. Because if it stays like this, then it's like, no, actually, Jeremy Payne is better than Carlos Correa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jeff Passan tweeted on uh, oh, exactly at twelve a.m. on April twenty eighth. So basically, the night of April twenty seventh, he said. The Taylor Ward breakout is happening, and with Mike Trout being Mike Trout, Shohei Otani heating up, Brandon Marsh looking like a guy, and Anthony Rendon still with that pure swing, the Angels have a chance to be a real problem. It's because everyone wants to see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They will, they will go as far as their bullpen takes them. Um, it's it's interesting. It's funny to describe it as the Taylor Ward breakout, which is like he's twenty eight. It it like. He was, also, it also implies that he was supposed to break out at it, some point. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think he was ever ranked as a prospect. Yeah, I, I, I looked. He... Yeah, I, I had to look at his um, baseball reference to go to his minor league stats, which you, they always show, like, yeah. where you were ranked before you came up. Never was ranked. Never was ranked. No. Um, and, you know, uh, he has a 1271 OPS right now. I'd be surprised if it's over 800 by the season's end. <laughs> um However, like, I don't know, you know, Mike Trout, if he's healthy the whole year, 
That's a potential thing. He's a guy where if his OPS stayed above 1,200, I wouldn't be shocked. No. Nope. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Brandon Marsh, I can hop aboard the Brandon Marsh bandwagon. I kind of did before the season yeah. started. I feel like the only thing they're really missing is Shohei Otani's offense. Yeah, they're missing Otani's offense. He's at a 691 OPS currently. Um, but also, you know, there's there's some, uh, there's some, you know, overperformance on the pitching side of things like Sandoval, Patrick Sandoval has a flat zero ERA, you know, yeah. hasn't allowed an earned run in yeah. 15 innings. Um, but also, you know, peripherally looks good with a, with 12 strikeouts per nine, one point one point six zero FIP. Uh, no guard has been looking very good. Two, one, two ERA, two, eight, three FIP. However, his strikeout numbers are, he only has 5.8 strikeouts per oh. nine, which is weird. Oh, I feel like, like that's going to, fix itself i don't know i don't know i mean like i, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't putting up like his mets numbers like 2016 17 mm-hmm. but like five is not what i was thinking yeah 5.8 interesting uh yeah shohei otani um peripherally looks great with a 208 fit uh 419 era but and and his um i think he's made some adjustments mm-hmm. um pitching wise he's using his slider more his slider looks very good in that uh 12 strikeout game. Yep. It, was actually, I, it was actually a weird thing where I, I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night, so I watched his, his 12 <laughs> strikeout performance against the Astros. I was, like, I, was at, I was at Fenway during that game, and there was nothing better to do because the game was bad. So I was like, Shohei is two for three with 12 strikeouts. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, like, and and uh, what did Passon say? He said... He said that the team will go as far as the bullpen takes them. I would argue also as far as uh, their starting rotation takes them and as far as, you know, the lineup outside of yeah. Trout and Otani takes them. Even even Jared Walsh. Like, he yeah. ended the year a, a bit porous last year. Because he's miserable against lefties. Like, yeah. he's, like, people look at him as one of, like, a you know, a valid cleanup bat. And that's fine, but, like, they got to platoon him. Right. Like if yeah. you look at his stats against lefties, like they have no choice but to platoon him. Yeah, that that uh that makes sense. I have to look at his splits mm-hmm. from I'll I'll go back to 2021 yeah. for those splits. Um but I mean, yeah, I think there's I think it's a much stronger argument to say that the the team is more reliant on their starting pitching than their bullpen because I think their bullpen is a safer bet. I mean, like Aaron Loop was a great addition that they made last year. Same, so was Ryan Tapera, Archie Bradley, to go along with the reacquisition of Rice Iglesias. Exactly. Um, yeah, like I think their bullpen is a safer bet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Jared Walsh last year against lefties had a 565 OPS. Yes. Uh, versus a 994 against righties. Um, but but yeah, like. Yeah, it's it. It was an interesting hot take out of the gates from from passing. I think there's. I think yeah, like you said, everyone wants the Angels to do mm-hmm. better than they do, but you know, I you know, I can't I can't buy in right now. You gotta like I like I I think I had them finishing third in the division, and I was like, it's the Angels. We gotta wait and see. Exactly. Like, I understand that like he's you're gonna get social media attention because everyone's gonna be like this is it like Trout and Otani the playoffs like it's happening yeah and don't get me wrong I want it to happen just as much as anyone else mm-hmm. but like it's such a long season we're like 15 percent of the way through it right now mm-hmm. like we 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 have to keep waiting like I I can't say it's real but it's a good start yeah for sure so it's the start you want because I mean like as much as you know as much as everyone will harp on the angels early successes they would be doing the same thing if the team was 7 and 13 like the opposite way yeah where it's like like if they were 7 and 13 right now jeff passon would be saying like well it's another failed season and we won't be seeing trout and otani in the playoffs again yeah 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 it it is interesting like they are under so much pressure every single year to and like it it makes sense because they have two generational talents like of course yeah. they should make the playoffs like we're not you know like there's reason for them to be under that pressure but like any, but like, they're going to be a storyline no matter how they are in April every single year. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, as long as they have those two mm-hmm. in town, it's going to be. I mean, it was like that before they had Otani. Like yeah. in 2017, it was like, well, the Angels can't get Mike Trout to the playoffs again. How embarrassing. Right. To yeah. To be fair, he got hurt that year, but that was just the last year before Otani came in. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for the Los Angeles Angels. Um, who else? Any any other teams we should talk uh, about? The Twins starting rotation is like it feels it felt like they kind of just built that out of a bunch of like it it the Twins bullpen feels like the island of misfit toys. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Like guys who it's like Dylan Bundy who had a, a miserable year in Anaheim last year, Sonny Gray who just you know needed to get out of Cincinnati. Um, Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock, yeah. Who? Chris Paddock is the ultimate misfit toy. Yes. Like he was comes from San Diego, gets put in put in is Minnesota. Is the opening day starter after his rookie year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's a good point with this with this Twins rotation. Headlining the rotation is you know this year's opening day starter, uh, Joe Ryan. Yep. Who. Yeah, he's been he's been very good. Nine point eight strikeouts per nine, two point three walks per nine, two nine three FIP and a one one seven ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, really been shutting down the competition. Um, and yet, yeah, like uh, the walk rates for for Chris Paddock and Dylan Bundy so far have just been microscopic. Uh, both under one walk per nine. Well, both mm-hmm. have only allowed one walk. By the way, have you seen Dylan Bundy's like velocity? Uh no I haven't. It's, it's down. It's way down. It's down. He's not. He can't hit ninety anymore. It's wild. It's crazy. It's crazy to see. But it's working. Yeah, it's like crazy. He, I think he's transformed into a sinker baller now. I don't know how long he's been doing that off the top of my head. It's crazy to see such a big guy like Bundy mm-hmm. be a, a crafty righty. Like I understand how it could happen, but just visually, it's, it's very like I have to remind myself that he was a top prospect like ten years ago. Yeah. Like, if you asked me when Dylan Bundy made his major league debut, I'd have been, like, 2015. Yeah, like, right, right, that, right, That was it, yeah. No, it was, like, 2012. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, his average, his, uh, he is still a four-seam guy, which is weird, because his four-seam fastball uh, has an average velocity of, like, of 89 miles an hour. Right, yeah. His sinker is 89.9. <laughs> like why like it's very weird because he's been getting results on his fastball and his peripherals are good too but like logistically it seems like why wouldn't you be throwing your your sinker more it's very odd yeah uh that is very odd um i'm trying to look at minnesota's minnesota minnesota minnesota's <laughs> uh rankings with uh, starting pitchers, uh, since April fourteenth, the same use the same date that I used for the Marlins. Uh, since then, their starting rotation has a one eight four ERA with a two seven eight FIP. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Overall in the year, they are second in uh, ERA with a two three nine. And oh my God, they also have. Go ahead. Um, I hate that. I ha- I just hate that when I click on ERA and FIP. Mm-hmm. That they go with the highest number first. Yep, it's frustrating. And you have, you have to click that again. They do it for every single stat. It's like, nope, you're getting the high end first. Yeah, so we don't care about what's better, what you want. It we are always going with who is the highest. Exactly, they're ninth in FIP, but yeah, second in ERA with a two three nine. Every time, every time last year, I would like search through like starting pitcher FIP, and it'd be like, oh, hey, Jordan Lyles, what's yeah. up? <laughs> it's, that's so accurate. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, Twins, yeah, Twins rotation is interesting. They, the, the team leads the division right now. They're 11-8, and eight, so it's not outstanding. It's, you know, the rest of the division is kind of crap the bed so far. But, yeah. you know, it. I think the rotation – it will continue to be better than what people kind of expect, what the general public kind of expected. You know, it won't be, they're not going to be second in the league in ERA, but there's, there's, there's a possibility of them being, you know, top 12, top 10. Uh, yeah, for sure. Bailey Ober, by the way, um, 0.92 home runs per nine. That was his weakness last year. Um, strikeouts you would want to be a little higher but other than that like 2.29 walks per nine uh 283 bad up against relatively average uh 
Yeah, I mean, you would definitely want more than a twenty-one. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you do want a twenty-one percent ground ball rate in this in these times. Yeah, it's right. Like, you know what? Give up as many fly balls as possible right now. Yeah, all yeah. you can. Uh, here's a home run to fly ball ratio of six point one percent. Okay. Yeah. Well, like. So Zexvip isn't affected that much. Yeah, that's true. That's if true. If it was last year, it's like, oh, dude, you are the worst pitcher in the league. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Xvip took that personally. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, so yeah, Twins overperforming a little bit, um, and I don't know. Do we want to get any th- into anything else? There's so there's well, there's one thing in s- baseball social media I was like looking at uh, yesterday, and I I don't know if it's it's not really that much of a talking point, but it was uh, the tenth anniversary of of Bryce Harper's debut. Yeah, and. Like Bryce Harper's career is just so interesting to me because like there are many points you could say he was overrated. There was many points you could say he was underrated. I think currently he's still, I don't know. I think, I think he's, I think this is, this might be the most perfectly he's been rated in his career where he's at right now. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. And it it just reminds me that like he is, he's on a hall of fame track. Mm -hmm. Is is what he, he like? He's at over forty B WAR, um, and he's like had some pretty historic seasons. It's uh so like I don't know. It's and, and it's weird. Like, are we celebrating his debut because it was such a big deal at the time, mm-hmm. or is it because he um, is great now? And I think I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, I, if I could go into why I think he's the most perfectly rated he's ever been. Like, he's coming off of his second MVP season, but also there are so many other players that have that are at the place where he was at 10 years ago that yeah. get a lot more attention. Yes. Like, Juan Soto finished second in the MVP, and I think Bryce Harper, like, I think there's good reason to believe why he should have won it. I don't think there was any robbery there. Yeah. But I think Juan Soto gets more attention just because he's like the same age that Bryce Harper was when he debuted. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, and yeah, I think I think yeah, I think there's just it, it's not an anomaly that like oh a guy is is 21 and is doing very good. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's it's m- because there are so many of them right now. Yeah, it's way less rare now than it was in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it it's uh I don't know. I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, it, it kind of shows like how far we've come because when when Harper was when Harper debuted. It was like, oh my god, this guy! Like he was on the SI cover at age sixteen. Yeah, um, but and maybe he hasn't fulfilled it completely, but he's fulfilled it like ninety percent. I think the only thing he has to do still is win the World Series. Yes, which yeah. like yeah, he had plenty of opportunities in Washington. Whatever stuff happens, you can't blame him for what's happened since he joined the Phillies. That's true. Yeah, I mean, he literally won. Most valuable player. You can't yes. do much more than that. It's like, dude, I have done everything I can. <laughs> I'm sorry that I can't pitch the ninth inning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Luckily, it's not Hector Neris anymore. Uh, how, how is the Phillies bullpen? I feel like we should just do an obligatory check-in. Yeah, why not? Uh, Bryce Harper with the Phillies. Uh, yeah, 952 OPS with the Phillies in his career. Um yeah, it's incre- yeah, his career OPS has definitely increased since joining them. <laughs> so uh the Phillies uh their bullpen has eight point seven one strikeouts per nine, three point nine three walks per nine, which isn't great, but it's also not the worst in the league or anywhere near it. Um point seven four home runs per nine and a two eighty four Babip. Where do you think their ERA is? Ooh. Two eighty four Babip. So I'll repeat the three others. 8.71 strikeouts per nine, 3.93 walks per nine, 0.74 home runs per nine, 284 BABIP. Um, uh, 11th. Oh, I, was, I wasn't even talking about ranking. I was like, what is the ERA? Oh, uh, their ERA is um, 4.16. Holy <laughs> It's 4.17. Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> You were you were point one off. It's twenty seventh in the league, by the way. Oh wow! <laughs> but their but their FIP is three eighty three. So I guess all the bullpens are 
doing pretty well because 417 yeah. seems like it should be average I was, it's very funny because so the royals are at four 4.28 they're in 29th and the rockies are at 4.92 uh <laughs> they're oh, bull- they had yeah. the best bullpen like a couple weeks ago that's so weird yeah they were i'm not kidding they were leading the league in bullpen era at like easter weekend what what happened in the last two weeks to the rockies yeah coors how many games have they even played at course? <laughs> I feel like they've been on the road more than they've auto- been home. That, that's just my automatic answer. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, um, you're absolutely not wrong about that. Why did it just go to catchers? I was on bullpen. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I, wait, we, yeah, we were talking about the Phillies bullpen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no surprises yet with the bullpen. No. Um. So anyway. Hang on, I wanna I wanna find what happened to the Rockies in the last two weeks because that's crazy. Right. <clears throat> pause it. Sit on pause. So since April sixteenth, the Rockies bullpen has pitched forty innings. Uh, they have a three fifty six BABIP against. Oof. Yeah. Um, and also five point one nine uh, walks per nine. Five point one eight. Sorry. Uh, shout out to Albany, New York, five one eight. Um, <laughs> they have an eight ten ERA. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, gonna do it. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, eight one eight one zero ERA. That's in, miserable. In maybe a couple weeks, Le- just less than two weeks. Yeah. Um, just to give a Daniel Bard is not the problem. Uh, he's pitched three innings since then. Uh, 12 strikeouts per nine, no earned runs, no walks, no home runs, 167 bad against. The big issues have been uh, um, Austin Gondo, who has pitched four innings, has a nine ERA, 2.25 home runs per nine. Um, Lucas Gilbreth, Ty Block, who is a Denver native. Um, Yolish Chassin, who is just eternally with the Rockies, even when he's not with the Rockies. Yes, he is. <laughs> People forget he was literally a playoff ace like five years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Four, three and a half years ago at this point. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Rockies bullpen. Uh, quite a fall from grace over the last couple of weeks. Um. Yeah, has been for sure. Um, do we want to get into players to highlight? Yeah. Um, so now it's time for players to highlight where we will be talking about, um, you know, players to highlight for good reasons and bad reasons. We'll start off with the good with our Friday, April 29th, 2022 edition of um, who do you got for us today? So my how about that is a guy that as I actually mentioned earlier in the show. I know that you're very high on him. Uh, it's uh, his breakout's real. It's Taylor Ward. <laughs> it's uh, everyone's favorite Angels player that is leading the leading the league in weighted runs created plus currently. Yeah, um, he is slashing three eighty one, five oh nine, seven sixty two, twelve seventy one in his last uh, twelve games. In fact, he's only played twelve games. He has uh, fifty three plate appearances, and he has that slash line of at least three hundred sixty one players with at least twenty plate appearances. Mind you, he has fifty three. Uh, Taylor Ward's two hundred sixty nine weighted runs created plus leads the majors. He is also one of just twelve players in. Major League Baseball to have uh, 50 plate appearances and more walks than strikeouts. He has a 20.8% walk rate and a 17% strikeout rate. Uh, That 20.8% walk rate is tied for fifth in the majors this year. Uh, And coming into this year, he had never had a fly ball rate above 30, and this year it's at 33%. And it's paying off because when he hits fly balls, he is batting 467. He has a 1,400 slugging percentage for an 1867 OPS. And his uh, 459 weighted runs created plus on fly balls is third amongst all batters with 10-plus plate appearances that ended on fly balls, of which they were 262. So uh, the Taylor Ward breakout is real, folks. <laughs> uh, all right, Taylor Ward. Um, yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's happening currently, and, and we'll, uh, we'll see it. As it moves on, um, <laughs> you hate me for that pick. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. I will like. I don't know. It's just you know. There's a question mark. There is a it. question mark. It, it just 
I just didn't like how Jeff Passon phrased it. Mm-hmm. Like no, the, you're absolutely right. The, ter- the Taylor Ward. Right. Like, we, we've we all been waiting. The, yeah, the same way we were waiting for... for Shohei Otani to finally yeah. pitch and hit yeah, yeah. consistently. Yeah. It's like, Taylor Ward, eventually he's going to get to that 1,200 OPS season. Yes. <laughs> we were all waiting for it. Yeah. Um, so, after not having a strikeout minus, minus walk rate eclipse 6%, Kyle Wright's strikeout minus walk rate is over 30%. Yes, it is. Kyle Wright. That's a breakout we were waiting for. Yeah, so he he was just kind of a punchline for me for the past few years. Like, if the Braves had to start Kyle Wright, I was like, Kyle Wright, that's a loss. <laughs> well, I mean, I think everyone's poisoned by game three of the NLCS yes. in 2020. Yeah, when... How 2020 was that start? It was so 2020. You know, it, it was the opposite because it was like a good start. Because <laughs> the 2020 had a good start. It was like, all right, January and February, completely normal months. Yeah. But, but then when, once he got to the third inning, man, like he just he did he didn't even wait. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, the so the Dodgers ended up scoring 15 runs in that game. <laughs> well, I think like 11 in that inning, including a grand slam. Yeah, by what Max Muncie? Yeah, I don't even think there was two outs. So, yeah, Kyle Wright, as I mentioned, he did not have a strikeout minus walk rate eclipse 6%. Now it's over 30%. This has helped him to a 113 ERA, a 136 FIP, and a 195 expected ERA. Out of, 69, out of 61 qualifiers, Wright's ERA ranks fourth and his FIP ranks third. Amazing. And uh, by the way, also, if, you w- if you're if you wondering what these statistics are, we have a whole episode about breaking down baseball statistics, uh, episode 169, um, breaking down the simple ones to the uh, to the advanced ones, if you're, if you're um, wondering what these statistics are. But anyway, he's throwing the ball in the zone more than he ever has, with his zone percentage being 5.9 percentage points higher than his previous high. And when he is not throwing it in the zone... His chase rate is the highest it's ever been by 7.2 percentage points. His whiff rate is also a career high. And uh, also with Kyle Wright's increase in basically everything, uh, he has a career high, his career high average pitch velocities in his forcing fastball, sinker, curveball, and slider. Uh, along with that, his curveball usage has increased greatly to 33.6%. Um, it is the pitch he has used most all season. It had never been like that uh, in a season before. Um, and he has already thrown more curveballs. He, he's already thrown the most curveballs he ever has in any season. So his usage has gone up like crazy. And it has been working for him. His curveball uh, has a 406 percent whiff rate against it and a 121 slugging percentage off of it and uh along with that he has a career ground ball rate i I forgot to uh i I was writing this down and i I remember it was 52 point something percent so whatever 52 point something percent his his ground ball rate is a considerable amount above average now and it never really was it was always in you know the low to mid 40s and uh, his sinker has a has an average launch angle of negative uh, eighteen against it. So, excuse me. So whether it's getting more ground balls or all of his pitches getting higher velocities or his chase rate going up, his strike percentage and and stri- you know balls in the zone percentage going up, his first pitch strike rate is at a career high. Everything is getting better for Kyle Wright by a considerable amount, and uh, and yeah, he's turned into uh, a great a great pitcher in uh, in these first four starts of the season. So, Kyle Wright. Um, we have some breaking news. Uh, okay. Uh, this coming in from Jeff Passan two minutes ago. Um, I feel like we'll just report here, and if there's anything else to say, we'll save it. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers starter Trevor Bauer has received a two-year suspension from Major League Baseball. Wow. Two years. Um, yes. That's crazy. That is... I wonder if that means the rest of his Dodgers contract is terminated. I guess, Because yeah. it was going to be another two years. Um, um, but MLB setting a precedent. I guess that's I guess that's the quickest takeaway. 
Uh, like I said, I don't want to really analyze right now. I feel like this is something that we should kind of just sit on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lengthy suspension for Trevor Bauer, who um, last June was um, charged with sexual assault. Uh, or not, charged I don't, or I don't know accused. if it was charged. Accused. Accused, yes. Charges were pressed. That's what I, how I meant to interpret it. Um, yeah, he was, a, he was, yes, he was yeah. accused of sexual assault um, last June. Uh, he's had an administrative leave that has been kind of pushed back week in and week out uh, for the last year and a half, for and like we now have months. we we now have an answer. Yeah, it, yeah, of, of what his future is going to pertain, and I guess it's yes. without pay, so he's going to lose out on. A good like thirty million this year, yeah, um, and then fifteen million next year, I think, because of how weird that contract was. Yeah, very interesting, especially considering he like like he didn't get punished by the state, so yeah. he got punished by Major League Baseball. Yes, uh, how happy are the Dodgers that they don't have to make this decision now? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very true uh, analysis for sure. Yeah, um, that's I think that's all we'll have to say. Um, but yeah, I think we'll leave that as is, and uh, we can get into the next segment. Yeah, for sure. So now we go from uh, the highs to the lows, I guess. With that new, like, <laughs> I don't know, the, for some, for for Bauer, it's a low. Yes. But um, the highs to the lows with players or subjects that are underperforming. You know, subjects can be a team or a team's offense or pitching or bullpen or starters. Um, Players and subjects are underperforming mm-hmm. with our Friday, April 29th, 2022 edition of slightly alarming. Who do you got for us today? Um, my slightly alarming, by the way, Trevor Bauer says he's appealing. Um, yeah, I think no doubt. I don't think that's really mm-hmm. much news. I think that was pretty guaranteed. Um, anyway, my slightly alarming is a guy who um, I don't really know how to introduce him. I'm just going to say him. It's Colton Wong. And ah. you might be saying, but Daniel, how can you talk about Colton Wong on Slightly Alarming? He leads the league in triples. I mean, <laughs> what are we? how can you do this? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Colton Wong is slashing 209, 250, 299 with a 58 weighted runs created plus. Now, that doesn't sound like it's awful. I mean, it's not good, but I mean, there are definitely worse guys out there at this point in the season. Yeah. But Colton Wong's average launch angle is 18.6 degrees. Yeah. His average, his career high is 12.8, which was last year. Uh, he is hitting more fly balls than ever, and his fly balls have an average exit velocity of 86.9 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, that is never going to get it done. Yeah, no. Unless it's like a bloop, uh, but even then, he's a lefty, so he's probably getting shifted, so he's probably got a bloop it the other way, which is pretty difficult. Yes. Point is, he has hit 20 fly balls this season. He is over 20. And he is also one oh, of God. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was this the stat that you were like that you that you were like ah ha, ha, like you were like Nope. That's, okay. That was that was that, different. That is something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, over twenty. Uh okay. <laughs> um I didn't realize that was gonna get that much of a reaction. I, I like the fact that he is hitting a career high in fly balls and none of them are landing for hits. I mean, it makes sense, though. Yeah. Like, if you're hitting weak fly balls, like, why would they? Like, it's major so league guess- defense. Yeah, I'm guessing he has no home runs. No. Okay. Um, He is also one of five qualifiers to not have a barrel yet. Uh, Okay, yeah. Not- I didn't realize you were going to find that so funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just surprised. I feel like, yeah, 20 fly balls, you know, one might go for a homer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> uh, is there some more news going on? Um, I mean, yeah. Well, sound, well Jeff, Jeff Passon said um, in Bauer's appeal, um, in every previous case in which a player was suspended under the pol- under this policy, it was there was an agreed upon number of games, and clearly Bauer did not agree to this. Right. Uh, okay. I, I if I am willing to take a guess, I'd say he probably um, was not. Asking for any suspension at all. Yeah. I would say his his proposal was zero games, but right. who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, he actually put out a tweet. Um, he said, 
Uh, in the strongest possible terms, I deny committing any violation of the league's domestic violence and sexual assault policy. I am appealing this action and expect to prevail, as we have throughout as we have throughout this process. My representatives and I feel confidently in of the proceedings. Um, so yes, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a now. <laughs> the the top reply is half of that, and then half of the Tom Brennan call. Yes, uh, <laughs> perfect. Baseball Twitter, yeah, it's it's, it's, get, it's, it's getting better. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, is there more Colton Wong stuff? Um, no, that's it. <laughs> Over twenty on fly balls. Over twenty on fly balls, and he's hitting more than ever. Um. Colton Wong. Slightly alarming. Um, all right. My slightly alarming, it's kind of funny how my, how about that and slightly alarming, um, worked out, but so my, how about that was brave starting pitcher, Kyle Wright. And my slightly alarming is brave starting pitcher, Charlie Morton, uh, who in four starts, now I know why you randomly before the show were like, oh, his birthday's the day after mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to give it away. I've, no. I've totally blanked I out. I didn't even think about, like, why are you searching Charlie Morton, who has a negative .2 F war. Yeah. He, so in four starts, Charlie Morton has a 7.00 ERA and 6.3 expected ERA and uh, 5.73 FIP. Out of 114 pitchers with 15-plus innings pitched this year, his ERA and FIP are both sixth worst. Uh, His expected ERA is also in the 10th percentile in all of baseball. Uh, His strikeout minus walk rate is below 5% right now. After being above 20% last year, his strikeout rate has taken a major dive, and his walk rate um, has had a major rise. Um, Along with that, in terms of just quality of contact, Last year's uh, hitters were hitting 127 off his curveball, and this year they are hitting 333 off his curveball. That's his, that's his best pitch, and uh, they're hitting 333 off of it. Also last year, hitters were slugging only 355 off his four-seamer. However, this year they are slugging 607 off of it with a 683 expected slugging off of it. So they're getting unlucky with the 607 slugging percentage off that four-seam fastball. Mm-hmm. And his whiff rate is down 8.2 percentage points from last year, and his chase rate is down 7.4 percentage points uh, from last year. His year-to-year change in chase rate is 33rd worst out of 245 qualifiers, which is bottom 14%. And his year-to-year change in whiff rate is 20th worst out of 245 qualifiers, which is bottom uh, 9%. So Charlie Morton is slightly alarming yeah um if you want any encouragement charlie morton also had a 508 era and a 412 fip through his first eight starts of last year yeah and obviously that, he that did pick true. it up yeah um, but yeah. yeah like the fastball stuff is definitely concerning yeah it's it's not great but yeah i that is that does uh, or it does serve as a good reminder that mm-hmm. um that yeah he ended the year extremely strong last year and, and carried it pretty well into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for players to highlight. Now we get into a preview of the weekend ahead. Yes, we do. Um, talking, um, I'm going to be talking about some series to watch. Uh, Daniel will be talking about some day by day pitching matchups to look after. Um, so in terms of series to watch, so Back-to-back weekends, it appears the Blue Jays and Astros are facing off, which it's a shame that they're, these series are happening in April. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like those are two, in terms of how I forecasted the season, I would say, like, those are two of the top, like, at least four teams in, in my American League. Uh, and, you know, this is their last matchup of the year, unfortunately. But, yeah, that'll be taking place in Toronto. Toronto's been doing considerably well. Astros have picked it up in the last uh, series or what have you. And, I don't know, is that the only series to really look forward to? Like, uh, there is, um, yeah, maybe you could watch, you know, Mets-Phillies. I feel like, I feel like that's always interesting. Mm-hmm. And I guess the dynamic of uh, each team being hit a good amount the last time they faced off. 
that could be interesting as well. And, uh, yeah, definitely a good pitching matchup Friday with that. And, um, yes, uh, maybe taking a look Sunday if there's a good pitching matchup as well. Um, uh, and, yeah, it's going to be Sunday night baseball. Mets, Phillies, of course. Uh, definitely wouldn't be Blue Jays or Astros. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. Like the, I feel like Mets Phillies or Sunday or Sunday Night Baseball. Like all six times they face each Same. other. Same. It's like Red Sox Yankees, Mets Phillies, Dodgers Padres, and that's it. Yeah. Um. I just don't have that much of an interest in in the combination of the two teams. All right. What do you got for the day by day matchups? All right. So on Friday, which is today, uh, you Darvish will be facing the Pirates in the series, I believe, opener of uh, yeah of Padres and Pirates at PNC. Um, it is Brash Day. Matt Brash will be in Miami taking on Eliza Hernandez. I love. I feel like every week we should just highlight the weird matchups that are happening. Oh yeah, like, like Mariners, Marlins, and uh, Tigers, Dodgers. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Because <laughs> um, like we have, we haven't really had them in the ARR era slash right. SDBNL era. That's true. Yeah. Um, you will have uh, Dylan Bundy facing the Rays. We mentioned him earlier in the show. Aaron Nola versus Tyler McGill is a good one in um, Mets Phillies. Noah Syndergaard versus Lucas Giolito is a very good one in Angels White Sox. Uh, obviously. Noah Syndergaard's strikeout rate is something to watch for. Ian Anderson will be facing the... Oh, Braves-Rangers is another weird one. Yes. <laughs> Braves, I didn't even see that. Braves-Rangers, Ian Anderson will be facing Garrett Richards. Nestor Cortez will be going off. It's funny to think the Braves played in front of a Globe Life Facts. crowd before the, the Rangers. Bra- yes, yeah, so did the Dodgers, so did the Rays. <laughs> well, Corey Seager, like, has, I think, had like the third most home runs in that stadium yeah. coming into this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nestor Cortez... We'll be pitching for the Yankees tonight against the Royals. That's a guy to watch for, for sure. Um, oh, it's Green Day for the Reds, of course, Oh, against the Rockies. He's going to be facing off at Coors against Antonio Senzatella. Frankie Montas will be pitching for Oakland in the Coliseum against the Guardians. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We have – I mean, hold on. Okay, I, I got to save that for matchup of the night. Um, wow, that's that's beautiful. Um Alex Wood will be facing the Giants, or he will be facing the Nationals for the Giants. The Nationals have lost eight straight. Uh, I was going to put this as matchup of the night, but then I found a different one. Uh, we have a 2014 classic in Diamondbacks Cardinals, Madison Bumgarner versus Adam Wainwright. <laughs> that is um, a 2014 classic. Undoubtedly, the matchup of the night comes from Tigers-Dodgers. Folks, we have Tyler Alexander versus Tyler Anderson. Ooh, <laughs> love that. Yeah, I mean that's just it's they're both lefties. Uh yeah, there there's nothing there's no other choice. Exact yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um all right. And uh <laughs> I I really wanted to preface the match of the night by saying we got a 2014 classic. <laughs> but that I mean I can't miss that opportunity because I mean when are Tyler Alexander and Tyler Anderson going to face each other again? Literally never. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> um, in Diamondbacks Cardinals, the second day, Merrill Kelly's been doing pretty well this season. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that, but he's uh, been interesting. You have Logan Webb facing the uh, facing. I keep saying they're facing the Giants, facing the Nationals for the Giants. Jose Suarez versus Vince Velasquez in uh, Angels and White Sox. Shane Bieber will be going for the Guardians against the A's. Um, I'll say that for Magic of the Night. Sean Manaya will be going for the Padres against the Pirates. Nathan Yavaldi will be facing the Orioles for the Red Sox. Um, Kyle Gibson versus Taiwan Walker will be the matchup in Phillies Mets. Garrett Cole will be facing the Royals for the Yankees. The Yankees have been doing very well. Six straight wins, I think. Uh, Chad Cool will be facing the Reds for the Rockies. Chad Cool has been uh, one of the breakout pitchers so far this month. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, he's been interesting. Clayton Kershaw will be facing the uh, Tigers, and the match of the night comes from Mariners and Marlins. Robbie Ray versus Jesus Lazardo. Yeah, it's yeah, two. Yeah, a couple lefties. No, more, more that will never face each other again. Yes, they probably have long-term futures with their teams. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, and then Sunday. Sunday. Um, not a lot of stuff is announced. I might save this for a, a low key matchup of the night. Actually, no, that's matchup of the night. 
or of the day, it's Sunday. Um, Joe Musgrove versus Mitch Keller in Padres and Pirates to finish off that series. Logan Gilbert versus Sandy Alcantara, another very good one in uh, Mariners Marlins. Yeah. Michael sure. Lorenzen has been pretty good uh, for the Angels. He'll be going off against Dallas Keuchel. Um, Luis Severino will be pitching for the Yankees against the Royals. Marcus Stroman, Corbin Burns in the finale of Cubs Brewers That's in good Milwaukee. Ones on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> two two entirely different pitchers. Uh, Zach Davies versus Jordan Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Talk about two guys. Uh, newly extended Kyle Freeland will be going for the Rockies against the Reds. Tristan McKenzie will be facing the A's for the Guardians. Eduardo Rodriguez versus Walker Bueller in Tigers-Dodgers. Zach Eflin versus Max Scherzer on Sunday night. Match of the day comes from the finale of Astros Blue Jays, Framber Valdez versus Kevin Gosman. Yeah, yeah. Like and for that to be matchup of the day on a day like that, you know, she says it's a yeah. very good matchup. For sure. Um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta and follow uh, Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time, probably sometime early next week uh, where we will, where we will be, I don't know, maybe we'll be discussing the happenings in major league baseball once again, or maybe we'll be doing something else. We don't know. We'll, we'll, Who knows? we'll report back to you uh, and we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.